This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We were good, we were cold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right, till we weren't, built a home and watched it burn. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. I see you bobbing your head in there. I'm singing in here, okay? Man, I have to tell you, song is catchy as hell. That's all I'll say. All right, welcome back. It's 2.36 here in the Blitz 1170. Welcome back in. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. Thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Let's hit up the hotline and uh, welcome in from uh, owls247.com. He is Kevin Fielder joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Kevin, what's going on, man? Thank you so much, man. I know how busy this time is for you right now with covering this team, but I can't thank you enough. Hey, guys, anytime. You know, it's been quite the ride of no sleep and a lot of traveling. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, I think I made the joke. Uh, yesterday, I made the joke yesterday. I think I should just start paying rent in the airport for the amount of times I've been there the last two weeks. No doubt. No doubt <laughs> at all. Um, I've got to ask you off the top here. Uh, by the way, nice hat, Nigel Pack. Um, during the press conference, I saw your photo of that. So Isaiah Wong, Isaiah Wong was was asked a question in the press conference. I saw you tweet about this, and he said that he's a little shocked by FAU's run to the Final Four, but did praise them after playing them last season. Are you still surprised at the amount of people that are shocked by this FAU team just through casual conversation? Because if you've been paying attention at all, I don't know if you should really be shocked with just how freaking good that this team has been the entire season. I think that's sort of a twofold question, if we're being honest, because is it shocking that they're in the Final Four? Absolutely. This was a nine seed. This was a team that was maybe a, a six seed by, by most accounts, but they weren't supposed to be in the Final Four. So they're in the Final Four because they're so talented. But, you know, if you just look on paper and you watch them play, they're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, you know, in terms of how they play, the way that they play, the way they're able to beat teams, they didn't beat Tennessee and Kansas State by chance. They beat them because they're good. And so... Is it shocking that they're making a run in the tournament? I don't think so. Is it shocking that they're in the Final Four? Maybe a little bit. What is an element of this team that to you is one of the main reasons why they're here uh, to this point? Uh, style of play-wise, I mean, they are they're, they're so good in every element, but what's one of the main reasons to you and from watching them the entire year that they've been able to put all of this together? I think it's the way that they play. You know what? They are a team that can adapt to any style. If they play a physical defense like Tennessee and they have to win a game by scoring 55, 60 points, they can win a game scoring 55 or 60 points. If they need to get in track meets and beat a team, you know, 85 to 75, they can do it. You know, they proved it against Kansas State. Kansas State is one of the fastest teams in the country. They play extremely fast. And as a result, other teams have to match them in scoring, not try and stop them in scoring. And so, I think the way that FAU can play is they're so unique in the fact that they can adapt to any kind of system. If they're playing a team that runs fast, they can play fast. If they have to slow it down, they can slow it down. And that just goes to the way that Dusty May has built this team in the sense, in the sense that you're so deep that so many different guys have so many unique play styles that sort of help them blend together. This matchup they have with San Diego State, 
Um, I equated it to, you know, they're, they're similar in many fashions. Um, I think that, you know, each team is kind of better in one little element here than the other. But um, they, you're right. I think you've seen teams that have tested them in, in a variety of different ways throughout the tournament. It's kind of like UConn. UConn's played you know, a number of different teams that have tried four different ways to beat them. Florida Atlantic's the same way, and they've come through every time. What stands out to you most about the matchup with, with San Diego State coming up? I think it's San Diego State's physicality. They're a team that they're, they're going to try and fight you. you know, they're going to bring a knife to it. Yes. Uh, no, they're they're going to do everything to turn this into a boxing match, and they're going to try and make this one of the most difficult games they're going to play from a mentality and from a physicality standpoint. And the way they do so is because they're so lengthy, they're so tall, they're so physical inside that creates so many problems for opposing teams. I will say the biggest thing about San Diego State is they don't shoot the ball very well. All the numbers support that this team is a team that's going to try and win inside. They're not going to try and beat you from shooting the three ball which may benefit them in the sense of you're playing now in an NFL stadium where the sight lines might be a little different. You may not be used to the way that everything is, is built, but I also think that may play well in the FAU because FAU has proven that they can beat teams like this. They beat a team like Tennessee that is somewhat similar in the way that they play. And you know what? They, they beat a team like Memphis, who I think is also a very physical team, even though Memphis is probably not to the same level defensively that San Diego State is, but they've played physical teams they've won, which sort of benefits them because this is not a new matchup for them. This is just a different matchup. Yeah, because I think like the physical nature of San Diego State is a big challenge. Uh, I, what's weird is against Kansas State, um, they, they were like the more imposing team even against Kansas State. I don't know if they can necessarily get away with that against San Diego State in this case. They can't. They, they can't. I mean, San Diego State is lengthy. They're big. They're physical. They're going to turn this into a boxing match. They're going to turn this into a physical match. FAU is going to have to respond, not set the physicality. They're just going to have to respond in the physicality. And so I think the way that they do so is by just playing their game. You know, it, it sounds cliche, and I think it is a little cliche, but FAU just plays their game and play the way that they've played all season. They can win this basketball game. Uh, you know, the problem is that if you start trying to play physical like they do, it sets you up in a challenging situation of, you know what, you're just not going to out-physical them. You're not going to, you know, take them, put 15 punches in them. You're going to have to take some punches as well. And I think as long as FAU takes those punches and plays their game, they should have no problem in terms of adjusting to the physicality of San Diego State. One of the things I really like about them is their defense. They are solid. Um, they gang rebound, I think, better than anyone that I can remember in a while. They are willing to sacrifice themselves. They'll take a charge here or there. Uh, if you play FAU, you had better be able to start making some shots from the mid-range because they do a great job of defending the three with their athletic uh, ability and with their link. They're going to force you inside and make you make those mid-range shots uh, but they, as as connected as they are on the offensive end with each other, I mean, that translates over to to the defensive side. And we we talk a lot about complementary football. We don't talk enough about complementary basketball. But FAU would be at the top of that list in terms of complementary basketball to me. I agree. Uh, I think that the biggest thing is it's so unique in the sense that if you look at like Ken Palm and you look at the average height, they're near the bottom of average height. Yeah, in they're not a very tall team. They I think people think they're tall because they have a seven-footer in, in Vlad Golden, and they have a backup who's about 6'9", in Giancarlo Rosado. But outside of those guys, this is a whole bunch of 6'4", 6'3", 6'2", guys who just play together, and they have abilities to adjust. I think the biggest thing in the way that they play 
is, you know, when they rebound, it's not just Vlad Golden going up and grabbing the rebound. It's Vlad Golden tipping the ball out. John L. Davis coming in there grabbing the rebound. John L. Davis, for how tall he is, he's only 6'4", listed. I think he's maybe close to like 6'3". He grabs a ton of rebounds for someone this size. And, you know, obviously that's been uh, headlined by the 25.10 rebound game against Fairleigh Dixon. He can't actually have 12 rebounds, but he's a guy who can go up and grab rebounds himself in the paint. Or if the ball's tipped out, he can grab the rebound and start in the fast break, which leads to some very easy points for them. The other part about them that I like, and we're dealing with this a little bit here with what we see from the Thunder um, in Oklahoma City, and that is the way this team is built on offense, they've essentially got four guys that can handle the rock, right? They, they all have good handles. They can all pass. They can all shoot. But that's been a very important part of, of their offensive philosophy is getting all of those guys that all have the ability uh, to be amenable and to be versatile in so many things. But they can all handle the ball and dribble, which I think is, is, is fantastic. And it's one of the reasons why they're here. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing about them is they are so versatile. You have so many guys who can handle the ball. You have so many guys who can make plays with the ball in their hands, which means that defenses can't just account for one player. Defenses can't just go, this is their primary ball handler. This is the guy you have to keep account for. When you have four guys, even Vlad Golden, give, I, I give him credit. For Scott, a guy who's left that seven foot one has a pretty good passing skill. Similar to, John, uh, similar to John Carlo Rosado, a lot of guys can handle the ball on this team. A lot of guys can make plays with the ball in their hands, which opens up so many possibilities for them to run different offensive sets, run unique offensive sets, and find ways to win outside of just kick and roll and very similar base offensive sets. So with this run that they're on now, I I guess I would ask, because, I mean, I've been to FAU a couple times when uh, when Tulsa played there. And, by the way, welcome into the American as well. Can't wait to uh, start up that uh, new series back and forth. But what has the overall support look like for a school that sometimes I wonder, all right, does anyone really pay a whole lot of attention to them within the Boca region at all? Yeah, I will say, as someone who's been covering this team for about three, four years now, I've never seen this much hype around this team. Uh, it was surprising when the stadium was sold out. And if anyone knows what FAU Stadium looks like, it's, it's worse than most high school gyms. <laughs> some high school gyms that I've been to, if we're being honest. Now, it is, it is our lovable high school gym, but it is still the equivalent of a high school gym. But those games were sold out. We're talking 2,900 people, mostly students, for games where they're playing UTEP. And UTEP was bad in basketball this year. Yeah. There's been so much support behind this team. And you ask Dusty May about it. You ask the players about it. It's, for Dusty May, you know what? These guys are likable. People want to like these players. And so, so many people are gravitating towards the team that I think it's now slightly becoming less and less of a, a you know, basketball or a football school, quote unquote. It's now more of a basketball school. People are talking about FAU basketball. People are putting more attention on a basketball team that is, as of now, playing some of their best basketball. There's no question, and I, a, 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 a moment like this for them to do what they have, and we've talked a lot about it this week, um, and with the potential of, of what's, what's coming for them as well, can we even begin, and uh, there will be time for this later on after, after this is over with, but right now it's hard to imagine like what this has even meant to the athletic department, let alone the basketball program in general. 
I mean, I just read Ross Dellinger's story from Sports Illustrated that said, you know, the collective went from zero to like 65K, and they hope to have $100,000 by over the weekend. I mean, it's, it's remarkable what's happening. Yeah, uh, there's been so much support, not only fan support in terms of watching the game, but going to the game. I spoke to, to athletic director Brian White when they were in Madison Square Garden. He told me that they had 7,000 ticket requests for their, their ticket allotment, and they only had an allotment of 1,000. There were 7,000 people who wanted to go watch this team play in New York City, and I, dare, and I promise you, those guys who didn't get those tickets booked flights, and they bought tickets off, off third-party retailers because in the second half of their game against Kansas State, that was, that was an FAU home game. It was loud. It was wild. FAU, a team that most people don't know about if you don't mention Lane Kiffin or the beach, <laughs> was putting a name to themselves in a college basketball game in Madison Square Garden when they were playing teams like Kansas State and Tennessee. Well, I love their attitude, right? I love their attitude of we're supposed to be here. We don't expect anything less. I mean, they, they've held it through. What type of coaches, Dusty May, and I know his name has been thrown around for a lot of different things that are happening right now, and that's a story for, for later on down the road. Just enjoy the moment. Uh, but what, what type of coach is he? Is he more of a player's coach, and how has he kind of adapted himself to the community there with this incredible run that they're on right now? Dusty May is one of the best strategical coaches in basketball right now. I will say without a doubt, uh, if there was a coach that I trusted with a week of preparation or 24 hours of preparation, because that's the most, that's the only really the two differences in the tournament is that you either have 24 hours to prepare or you have a week to prepare. There's no coach I trust more than uh, Dustin May because what he can do is he understands his players. He understands what his players are good at and how to execute with those guys. And I think that helps so much when you get into this tournament because when guys listen to you and guys are able to understand what you want them to do, it sounds a little less crazy when you tell them to go do something that they may not be used to doing. Uh, and I think the other thing is Dusty May has given so much control to the players. Uh, Dusty May has said multiple times it's a player-led team, it's a player-led team. I'm just here for the ride almost. And, you know, these guys are going to be able to take so much work from what they do, and they're going to have a lot of decision-making, and they're going to have a lot of say in what we do every single week. I think that helps that team so much. Last one for me. Was there an uh-oh moment when they were given the nine seed? Like, I, I hate the fact that we get to the tournament and we get to see a bunch of, like, non-power schools that have to play each other. Like the Memphis, the first-round game with Memphis. Like, I hate that. I would rather watch them play traditional powers. That's just me. But was there an uh-oh moment of a nine seed of, like, this team is too good to get saddled with a nine seed? For me, there was. Uh, and I don't think the players wanted to say much about it. But for me, there was absolutely a moment of, like, this team isn't in the nine seed. I don't know why we gave them a nine seed. And it was almost scary to think that, like, this nine seed, uh, and this is why they don't call themselves Cinderella's. You know, they're a nine seed on paper, yes. And when you think of nine seeds historically, you think it's like a good basketball team, not a great basketball team. It's just a team that's won 35 games a season. You don't win 35 games by luck. You don't win 35 games by chance. And so for FAU to be put with a nine seed, I almost felt like it was maybe a little insulting <laughs> yeah. because they had won the conference they had won the conference completely. You know, they had blown out UAB in the conference championship game. They had beaten North Texas twice. And for anyone who's watching the NIT, hey, guys, North Texas is pretty good at basketball. Yes, too. they are. Like, this is a team that is better than the nine seed and historically, by every account, was better than a nine seed. And if you look at other resumes, even from last year, they compared very similar to a team like Murray State. And Murray State was given a seven seed. So for FAU to be a nine seed, it was crazy. And I think we're seeing now that this was the team that – 
should have gotten a little bit more respect from the committee. And honestly, Conference USA as a whole should have gotten more respect from the committee. Indeed, they should have. And um, they will uh, be bringing most of that to the American with them next year. Kevin, good stuff, man. (laughs) I appreciate you. I know it's incredibly busy. It means a lot that you would find time for us here in Tulsa. Look forward to future conversations with you. If you need any food wrecks uh, from Houston from your time there, hit us up. We'll let you know for sure. But, man, keep up the great work, and I greatly appreciate you coming on with us. Absolutely, guys. Hey, guys, I'll take any food wrecks anywhere, frankly. All right. Awesome. Never know where I'll be. So, uh, you know, guys, appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me on and uh, anytime. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That is uh, Kevin Fielder joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.